Aunt Gladys. The one who died of a heart attack on a Ryanair flight on her way to Dublin for a salsa dancing weekend. My husband insists that he's sentimentally attached to the toaster, whereas I'm not. I would like a shiny new one, with variable toasting options, and maybe a four-slice facility. Sometimes, in my bleaker moments, I fantasise about it. Rick seems to think that the toaster embodies all that our marriage is about. Solid, steadfast, struggling on stoically, standing the test of time. I think it's just not working very well. At least I don't have to make my own breakfast. Rick does that every morning, regular as clockwork. His intentions are very good, and I should be grateful. Instead... I'm considering heartlessly switching to bran flakes as a form of silent protest. See what my husband and our toaster would think of that. I elbow my way in, next to my dearly beloved, and scraping lurid yellow I-can't-believe-it's-not-butter over the blackened I-can't-believe-it's-toast, I cast a sideways glance at my husband as he busies himself making tea. Rick looks as if he's permanently in soft focus these days. He's always been quirky-looking, rather than classically handsome. A bit like Hugh Laurie, who used to be a geek, but is now, mysteriously, a heartthrob. Rick's thatch of hair, which was always spiky before spiky became trendy, is now thinning. His grey-green eyes are kind, rather than smouldering, and have soft folds of skin beneath them that make him look tired, the tribulations of family life having been stored there. The once-chiselled jawline has slackened somewhat, and is now threatening to turn into a duet. His tall, gangly frame was all angles and awkwardness when I first knew him. Now, the six-pack he used to sport, although we didn't have a particular name for it way back then, has eased into the comfort zone, and makes only a vague attempt at a two-pack. Though he's still in great shape for his forty-five years, he looks like he could do with a little tightening all over. And then, who am I to talk? Kate Blanchett is never going to feel threatened by my presence on the planet, whereas I'm constantly concerned about hers. What? he says, as he realises that I'm staring at him. Nothing. I risk breaking my teeth on the toast. The dog sidles up to me. Buster doesn't care what state his food comes in, as long as it's plentiful. In fact, As long as he gets toast at all, he doesn't care if it's blackened. He's a hound of indeterminate parentage, a black-and-white bundle of adoring faithfulness. I snap off a piece of toast for him, and he chomps it with delight, his tail battering an ecstatic tattoo against the kitchen cupboards. If only I were so easily pleased. I thought we could go out tonight, Rick suggests. There's that new film you said you wanted to see. I can't even recall mentioning one. We could eat out afterwards. How could I leave my mother alone for so long? I ask. She'd probably burn the house down. I heard that. On cue, my aged parent arrives. She has pink curlers in her sparse hair, the hair that she's recently had dyed an alarming shade of red. I should sue her hairdresser for crime by Clairol for giving her locks the colour of a ginger biscuit. Her dressing gown is buttoned up all wrong, but at least it's quilted and flowery, the sort of dressing gown a mother past the age of seventy should wear. 
I've hidden her short black silk kimono with the shocking pink dragon embroidered on the back. She is taken to wearing nothing underneath it, and I just couldn't cope with that over breakfast. I told you when you invited me to live here that I didn't want to be under your feet, that I wouldn't be any trouble, she says. For the record, I didn't invite my mother to live here. A couple of months ago, she decided that she'd had enough of my father and left him. She arrived at my door with a battered suitcase, all the gnomes from her garden in two carrier bags, and tears in her eyes. What could I do? Rick said I should tell her not to be so stupid, turn around and send her home again. But I didn't. I couldn't. She's been nothing but trouble ever since. My mother sits down at the table and waits to be served. I wish she'd stay out of the way until we've left for work. And then she could have a kitchen all to herself, and we wouldn't have to make nice. But of course...